Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, we're studying, and I'm really excited about this because I've been studying it and I know what's coming. Teaching of the Word of God for effect. help set the stage and the anticipation for the manifestation of what you teach. Many times in my own life, back when I used to travel a lot, there was more of a compression to that. You say, what do you mean? Well, I'd get up and teach like for an hour and I would notice that I was teaching. People would, you know, they'd begin to quit taking notes and they'd start closing their Bibles and putting their pencils down because I talk too fast and say too much. So they would just go get the CDs, amen. But I I used to think to myself, why is God putting out so much information? Why is so much word going forth? That's because he watches over his word to perform it. The more word you get, the more he's going to demonstrate. The purpose of the word is demonstration of the word. You are a demonstration of the word, your new birth. Even today, you have a changed attitude because most of you from Sunday, you know, that was just another day of the weekend in which you could either recover from Saturday night or, you know, do it all over again on Sunday. But thank God you come to church now. Your life has changed. I said your life has changed. You come to church now. You have new, new priorities. You have, new, uh, you have a new attitude. You have a new heart. You have a new heart. Amen. You have new dreams, new desires, new goals. And the thing is, the Word is working in you. Whether you realize it or not, the Word is working in you. So we're studying the power of God. Out of, out of 1 Corinthians, it says that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So we're looking. Now, there are other power, uh, how can I say that, other power realities in the Word, but we're looking at three, which I call the power sources. Number one, the power of the Word of God. The power of the Word of God. If you can get just a revelation of the power of the Word of God, you'll never neglect it again because you will understand and realize that everything that is going on in the universe that stays together in functioning ability and order is done because of the Word of God. The earth stays together because of the Word of God. The sun comes up in the east and goes down in the west because of the Word of God. It's going to get cold this week because of the Word of God. It's going to warm up in May and June because of the Word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your heart beats in your body because of the Word of God. You can draw breath into your lungs because of the Word of God. Did you know that? If you were given an opportunity, say, look, you can have... One book, you can have this book or you can have all the money on the planet. What would you take? Now you think about it. Of course, you're you're, you're already beyond that point, but most people in the world would take the money, not realizing what the book is. But you got to understand this book, this is the most important material thing on the earth right here. Most important, most valuable, most relative, amen? And this will be the book that after it's all said and done will be put up and said, this is how it happened, this is why it happened, and this is where it happened. Right here. It's more than just a a gathering of words, a novel, or a story of some type. This is the Word of God. And when you realize that, you realize that, that in the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. 
So we have the essence of God himself, the person of God himself here in the world. You know, uh, we might ought to try and dig that dig that video back up. We showed it. It's probably been five or six. Some of y'all are here. When we had all the little Chinese people, we'd given uh, several thousand dollars to get them Bibles. And then one of our missionaries was with them when they brought the cases of Bibles in and they were unpacking them. And I'll never forget that video. It was right up here on the screen as those precious Chinese people were pulling those Bibles out. And you talk about joy to get a Bible. Just to get, they were weeping. They were holding their Bibles like this. You ever held your Bible like that? I do it all the time. Amen. They were kissing their Bibles and they were weeping because they got a Bible. Hallelujah. The Word of God. There's so much power in the Word. Now, go to, go to Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's, just a few minutes here, then we'll dismiss and receive our, I mean, we'll receive our missions offering, dismiss and come back for our celebration tonight. But in the book of Matthew, let's, let's read this just a moment. Let me find it here. Matthew chapter 8. couple of points I want to make here. Matthew chapter 8. Now notice this. Let me find it here. Look in verse... Uh, look in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 8. It says, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came a man unto him, a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, now notice this, I will come and heal him. Woo! Isn't that good news? Now, now let me just pull, let's just pull this off the page for a moment. Did you know this is the attitude of Jesus? I will come and heal you. I will come and heal you. God's not trying, listen, God's not trying to withhold. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't mind people that don't have information on healing. That just, you know, they'll get up and say, well, I really don't know about healing. But I, I do mind people that get up and say, well, it doesn't work. Well, that puts a seed in people's minds that puts doubt and unbelief. But let me, let me just say this for you because some of you struggle to receive healing. Healing is as sure as salvation. And just as sure as God said, I will come and save you, He said, I will come and heal you. Well, I just thought I'd throw that out, amen? But notice the centurion. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed, for I am a man under authority having soldiers under me, and I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth to another, Come, and he cometh to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now notice this. We know through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we've studied it extensively from the Word, we know that many times Jesus, he would lay hands. He would, he, would, he, would, uh, he would do all types of things to get people healed. I'm sure this centurion had information of that. But now obviously that centurion recognized something in what? In the word that Jesus spoke. 
Now, we know through the teaching of the Gospels, many people said of Jesus, He doesn't speak like anybody else. The Sanhedrin, the Levites, the lawyers, those that, that, that are, that are well-schooled in the, in the Levitical law and in the Torah, oh, none of them speak like this guy, for he speaks with what? Authority. Well, that authority was the release of the power of God. So here's a soldier, a man in a, in a military uh, setting that recognizes structural authority. Nobody amen that word. You say, what do you mean by that? If you can understand structural authority, because we live under it all the time. We don't have just as regular citizens of, the, of Galveston, the city of Galveston, Texas. We don't have more authority than our, than our hired police officers. We don't have more authority than our elected officials. We don't have more authority over those that are put in charge of running the structure of our, of our city. We don't have more. We can't usurp that authority. Go out there and say, you know, I'm really tired of that stoplight over there. Let's just take an axe and chop those poles down. You will find out you don't have the word to do that. Amen. Now, if you were given the word, you could do it, but you don't, you're not going to be given the word. Now, understanding that, understand we live in a dimension in which the word, how can I say this? The, uh, the, the, the word reality has been suppressed. You say, what do you mean by that? Words are not given the importance unless man gives them the... Notice the word, the importance we give to our Constitution, to our Bill of Rights, to certain laws that were passed, certain freedoms that they... You know, people give great value to those words, but then they devalue the Word of God when those are the most important words. Those are the words that keep existence or, or keep creation together. Amen? So this centurion, he's caught up in a system. He knows there's Caesar. He knows there's all the ministers under Caesar, all the government officials under Caesar. He knows there's the generals, there's the colonels, there's the majors, there's the captains, then there's the centurions. And he knows I'm under all of this structure. And all that has to happen for this structure to operate is word needs to come from the top. Some of you going to get really freaked out today. Because <laughs> all you need is word from the top at your job. All you need is word from the top. In our city, all you need is word from the top. I mean, that's all you need is word from someone or something over you that releases you into the reality of that word. So that centurion, I could imagine, because he, he didn't get happy when Jesus said, I will go. He got happy when he was sitting around thinking, you know, if I can get to Jesus... I understand this. I understand what he's doing. He's operating in the authority of another. You say, why? Because he's using his words. He's telling us the words that I speak are not my words and the works that I do are not my works. So he's using other words and other authority and I'm a man under authority. And I tell someone, go and they go. Why? Because I'm under, I'm under authority. They're under my authority. I tell another, go do this. He goes, do it. I tell my servant to do it. He gets it done. Why? They're under authority. He says, because of that, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Nah. Just speak the word. Just speak. I bet Jesus went, woo! I've not found so great faith. You guys have had the Torah for 3,200 years and have not used it. 
And here comes a centurion, and all he does is hear the word of gossip. Because that's all it was. That's all it was, was one telling another, telling another, telling another. But ingrained in that, quote, word of gossip was the word of God because God was speaking and performing, speaking and performing, speaking and performing, speaking and performing because that's the essence of truth. And God still speaks and performs, speaks and performs, speaks and performs. So the highest level of your faith would not to be to come down to the altar to get prayed for. No, no, that's all well and good when you need help. But the highest level of your faith is to say, I got the word on it. I don't need prayer. I got the word on it. I don't need hours of intercession. I got the word. I got the word on it. I got the word on my healing. I got the word on my pride. I got the word on it, Pastor. I'm fine. I got the word on it. Now, go if you will to the last chapter of the book of Mark. We're going to stick with this word thing for more than we do the name and the spirit because the name and the spirit draw their power from the word also. It all comes from the word. Without the word, none of it operates. That's the structure. That's the authoritative structure. Now listen to me. That's the authoritative structure that gives us the word and the permission for us to speak it and use it. Because God does not just want the word in our heart or the word in our mouth. He wants that word demonstrated in your life. He watches over his word too. He watches over his word too. And Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he is also able to, you know, you're getting it, what the word is designed for. It's designed to perform. That centurion, the word was spoken, then what did the word do? Uh, somebody going to get real happy in here. Last verse, excuse me, not last verse, it's uh, verse 20. Matthew uh, 16, Matthew, oh, excuse me, Mark 16. Getting all these things mixed up. Mark 16 Verse uh, 20. And they, now these are not just the disciples and apostles, these are those that heard what Jesus said. And they went forth, preached and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word. Everybody say the word. The word with signs following. Now you've got to understand that you are a sign that is a result of the Word. What is a sign? It points to something. Well, what do I point to? You point to Jesus. Your life, to people that know you, people that have known you all your life, and people that will meet you tomorrow. Your life, many times, is judged purely on the reality of, well, that person's a Christian. They don't even know what they're saying. Well, that person's a believer. Well, that, that person's a person of faith. I watched a movie one time, and I was watching it, and, the, and there was a character in the movie that was, that was quote, called a, a, a person of faith. And I thought to myself, now, now why, are they, why are they projecting this, quote, person of faith who was in an adulterous relationship with a woman, who was doing all kinds of immoral things, but he was held as some high standard of religious uh, morality. He had no word in him. The Word set no standard for his behavior. The Word set no standard for his morality. The Word set no standard. Here's the key. The Word sets your standard. What is your standard for prosperity and blessing? Well, I'd like to be as rich as Bill Gates. Not me. I'd rather be as rich as the Word says I can be. Amen. 
well, I'd like to have some of the power of these billionaires and millionaires and, uh, and some, of the power of, some of the power of these politicians. You got more power in your little pinky than the president, the pope, or anybody else on the planet Earth could understand if you would just discover how much power is in this word. There's so much. He didn't say, now listen, listen, you go out, you preach the gospel, and I'm going to confirm your apostolic authority. I'm going to confirm the fact that you stand in a ministry office. I'm going to No, he didn't say none of that. I'm going to confirm my word. You say, why? Because anybody that's willing to operate in the word, God is willing to confirm it with signs following. Any believer. Well, if I was only a preacher, you don't want to be a preacher. Amen. I don't, I've never, never met a preacher who wanted to be one. That's the truth. So, went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming. Listen, God wants there to be a confirmation of the word He reveals to you. Amen. Now let me say this. Most people, the word doesn't find a place in them because they're good listeners, poor hearers. But faith cometh by hearing, not by listening. You say, now what's the difference? Hearing something, you can hear it and walk away and actually forget what you've heard. But anything you hear, you put into practice. Amen. I was getting my teeth cleaned about 10 years ago. And so they were cleaning my teeth and stuff. And so this hygienist told me, you know, Rusty, you're going to have to get a water pick. I said, what is a water pick? And they said, well, a water pick is a thing you fill with water after you brush your teeth and you turn it on and you, 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 clean, you, finish, you, know, you clean your teeth with it. Well, I was already brushing and flossing. I asked them one time, what teeth do I floss? And they said, only the ones you want to keep. Amen. <laughs> hey, so they, they told me I had these pockets in these, in these upper teeth up here. And they said, now your flossing does not, and you're going you're gonna to have to get a water pick. Well, I didn't, I didn't hear. I listened to it, but I didn't hear what that lady told me. So I came back about, uh, I think it was about six months later, and she checked me again. She says, you didn't get your water pick, did you? Well, how did she know that? Well, those pockets were full of muck. She said, now you're not cleaning those pockets. Now you've got a cavity under the gum line. I said, well, that sounds like fun. She said this, go get a water pick. When she said that, I heard her. You know what I did when I left the dentist's office on 33rd Street? I drove around to 25th Street to the CVS pharmacy, and I bought me a water pick and have had one ever since. Why didn't I do it the first time? Didn't hear it. I'm going to let that settle a little bit because every one of us, every one of us are like that, aren't we? Same way with the Word. We come over and over and we sit there and listen. Hey, praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Joy, 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 joy. Glory to God. But we ain't heard it yet. Amen. So you've got to make a decision to hear this Word. That's him turning. He heard something. He saw something. He, he, listen, he was astute enough to make a, a determination of the situation and he stepped back and he said, that guy, woo, all he's got to do is speak the word. There, there was a 
a wonderful man that we knew, Teal Osborne. He was a wonderful evangelist that just preached beautiful crusades. He was in northern India where there is a group of people there called the Sikhs. And the Sikhs are very militant. They're very proud. They're kind of tall. They wear those big turbans. So six of these big, tall Sikhs put whips under their coat, wrapped their coats around them, and went and stood on the first row of a crusade of about 200,000 people. And this is what they said. They said, that man, when he's up there preaching, we're going to get up there. First thing we have to do is disarm him. Because that book that he carries, that's the source of his power. And so what we'll do is, this is what, the, this is what they reply. What we'll do is we'll cause a scene, because he's a fraud, and when we prove he's a fraud, we're going to whip out these whips, we're going to whip him, we're going to whip all these pastors, and we're going to run them out of town. So they come up with a plan and they found this pitiful, poor, blind beggar lady that had laid as a beggar on the streets of that Indian city all of her life, begging. Could barely walk. She was almost a cripple and was totally blind. So they gathered up this little woman. Uh, she couldn't have weighed more than 90, 100 pounds and they threw her up on the platform. Just, just took her and threw her on the platform. And there she laid in her blindness and her fear. Except for one thing. There was a word man there. Dr. Osborne went and picked up that woman, held her and embraced her. And when he let her go and turned her to the crowd, both of her eyes went whoop and opened wide open. And all six of those Sikh men, Sikh men with those whips under their coat, dropped those whips, stepped up on the platform and bowed their knees. All six of them are pastors today. Years later when talking to them, Brother Osborne asked them, he said, how did y'all come up with that scheme? What were y'all going to do? He said, we saw you operate in that power and we knew you got that power from that book. And they, they told him, if we could get that book, we could stop him. But he said, that book, he said, they told those men, that book is not just in my hand. That book is in my heart. He watches over his word his word to perform it. Now, quickly, oh, oh, there's my time, it's gone. Hebrews, last scripture. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Very familiar portion of scripture. We all know it, we've taught it. Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, divides asunder. Let me read it. I'll listen to it in my, in my uh, Passion Bible. The studying on this and meditating on this. It really reads, listen to this in the Passion. It says, for we have the living Word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. Did you get that? Like a two-mouthed sword, it will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where the soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secrets, motives of our hearts, there is not one person who could hide their thoughts from God for nothing we do remains a secret. Nothing created is concealed for everything is exposed for everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes to whom we must render an account. Now notice that again. Go back to verse... Uh, go back to that verse. First verse. First, what is that? Verse uh, uh, 12. We have the what? Notice what it's called. Living. Everybody say living. Now, number one, here's number one. You must understand this is a living book. There's no living literature on the earth. Do you understand that? 
There's no living literature on, there's nothing you can go read to somebody that will impart life. You can read this to somebody that will impart life. Read it to yourself. That's why you should, this is your source of healing, life, light, salvation, everything that God has. Here it is right here. It's deposited right here. If you could get it in a package, here it is. Here it is right here. Now listen to it. For we have the living word of God that is full of energy. That's the word life. The word is life. The word and life are synonymous. The word and light are synonymous. When you bring the word of light and life to a dark nation, light and life come to that nation. You bring the word of life and light to a dark city. We did that one time to Managua, Nicaragua. We come rolling in there in 1992. They'd just been in war for eight years. You ain't never seen such a mess. People had nothing. They, they were believing God just to eat a meal a day. The church we were holding meetings in, not one person owned a car. Nobody, everybody used public transportation and it was old Russian buses with no mufflers on them. They spewed black smoke everywhere they went. The whole city was just a, just a mess. And we came with a message of light and life. Light and life. Light and life. Light and, in about seven or eight years, that little old church moved out of an old rickety building that had been destroyed by an earthquake, moved out to its own building, its own land. God blessed them. And when we did the dedication service, there were Lexuses and Mercedes and all kinds of cool cars parked in the parking lot. And you could see that the Word had brought light and life to Managua, Nicaragua. The living Word. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Like a two-mouthed sword. Now, I want to... Let me find the note on this. This is really excellent. Listen to this. God speaks His Word. Then we, in agreement, also speak His Word. And it becomes the two-mouth or the two-edged sword. There's the edge of God, and then there's our edge. And the edge of God is already surgically sharp. So what God's doing is working on your edge so that he can sharpen it so he's got two surgically sharp edges on the sword that is in your mouth. So I come into the ministry rescued out of hell itself and I get under the teaching of word teachers and I learn that you've got to get the word in your heart You've got to get the word in your mouth. You've got to get the word in your life. You've got to begin to speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. And the first thing I hear from people is, oh yeah, you got around that name it and claim it crowd. Blad it and grab it. Some of y'all have heard those phrases before, amen. And you're taught in denominational churches and traditional Christianity never to say anything. Never to speak the word. I mean, some of them tell you not even read word. I mean, who was it? Who was it? We were preaching a meeting. Oh, yeah. It was uh, uh, Brother Jesse Duplantis, and, and he was raised Catholic. And he said, in the Catholic church, you know, he's talking in the Catholic church, Cajun, you know. He said, uh, he said uh, they told us if we read the Bible, you'd go crazy. He said, so I went, to a, I went to a Holy Ghost meeting, and a woman was running around, running around, going, woo! I thought, she must be reading the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Well, see, the Word is the truth. 
and the truth will set you free. And the more you expose, listen, get into the word, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Now I know what they were understanding. Back then, listen, people get in a ditch with anything. And they got off in the ditch and people were claiming oil wells and Cadillacs and other people's wives. Amen. Don't be claiming my wife. She's mine. You'll have a fight on your hand. I'll give you a little more than the word. Amen. But you're going to have to get the word in your mouth constantly. Constantly. You know, it was about three or four years ago and I developed all kinds of confessions of the word in my life, Leah and I, when, when, when Leah was pregnant with Breland, we had a beautiful confession over her. All of it came to pass. You say, why? Because when it's the Word of God, He watches over it to perform it. Amen. Uh, word, word, uh, 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 word of healing, healing, healing confession. Word of prosperity, prosperity confession. Word of peace and joy. A Word of redemption. That's my favorite is Word of redemption. But you know, about five or six years ago, some of you all remember, the Lord dealt with me. He says, you have no word on the Word. I was like, what? He says, you have no word on the Word. I said, you're going to have to help me with that, Lord. He said, why don't you develop a confession over the Word? And I did. And it's amazing how a, a whole other level of enlightenment began to happen. So, so when I make my confessions, which is every day, I always make a confession. Thank you, Father, for your Word. The entrance of your Word brings light and life to me. So I just went through the Word and got what the Word said about itself out of the Word and began to confess it. Thank you, Father. The entrance of your Word bringeth light and life to me. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth can pass away, but your word will never pass away. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not into my own understanding. All my ways I acknowledge him. He directs my path. I attend to you, unto your word. I incline my ear unto its safety. I know it not depart from, my, uh, depart from my eyes. I keep it in the midst of my heart. It is what the word is. It is life for I have found it. It is health to all my flesh. I guard my heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Amen. And then there's, if I went on, there's another dozen or more scriptures that I confess about the Word, which does what? Releases the Word's ability to be what the Word is supposed to be in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Divides asunder that which is the spirit, soul, and body. A discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. All scripture is breathed by you, Lord. It's given by inspiration. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that men and women of God may be mature and thoroughly furnished. All of those scriptures that deal with the word, if you'll believe them in your heart and confess them with your mouth, this will quit being a book to you. And this will start being your source of life. There, there was a guy who wrote a book called uh, 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 God's Armor Bearers. So all these people wanted to be people's armor bearers, you know. And I didn't really necessarily agree with the doctrine. I, I teach more on servitude and faithfulness because that's relevant to all of us. But it was kind of this weird doctrine if you want somebody's anointing. Well, if you want someone's anointing, forget it. Get Jesus' anointing, amen? That stuff doesn't work. But everybody, you know, we'd pull up at these meetings, these kind of people, they want to, you know, they open your door. And, they say, and I believe, and I like them, but everybody wanted to carry my Bible. I want, can, can I carry your Bible? Can I carry your Bible? So one guy, we were preaching up in Minnesota, and this guy was, he was so sweet. He was so nice. And he was just, Pastor, he, please, that's what they told me to do. They told me to carry your Bible, and you won't let me carry your Bible. And I said, come here. I put my arm around him. I said, come here. I walked over there. I was holding my Bible. I said, look. I said, see this Bible? He said, yeah. This is the most valuable thing in my life. 
I don't want you carrying it. And he looked at me, he goes, you're right. And he was happy the rest of the time. Because it is. It's the most valuable thing in my life. What is it? That book. Are you ready? You're not going to like it. That book is my God. Not the pages. Not the ink. Not the leather cover. The words. That's my God. That's His Word. I have His Word. He watches over His Word to perform it. His Word shall not return void. It shall accomplish that which to it is sent. Prosper the thing it was sent to. Hallelujah. Word of salvation. Word of healing. Word of faith. Word of prosperity. Word of righteousness. Word of joy. Word of heaven. Word of redemption. I mean all of this is the Word of God. And when you begin to realize that we've been gloriously and wondrously made, made and given what? A word. That's what makes humanity in the classification of children of God is because we are creatures of our confession. Every Now listen to me and don't get mad. Every person on the planet is a sum total of what they have believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth. And sure, all kinds of circumstances and situations around them form and fashion that from the place they live to the, who their family they're born into, everything. To the mistakes we make, all of it forms and fashions our life until we step over into the realm of trusting God at His Word. Then the Word takes over. And I don't care what has happened in your life, how many mistakes you made in the past, how many times you got it wrong, the Word can take you right where you are and give you a life like you've never had and help you to live out your life on the earth in the Word of God so that when you die with the Word in you, you die with joy. I saw joy in a, in a way I never saw it when my, when my pops was going to heaven. And we were there on that Saturday when God just touched him and he was, he was, he was happy and he was, they were singing and, and he put his hands up. Remember Leah put his hands up and he goes, I'm so glad I get to go to heaven. And when he said it, you could tell that wasn't some guy that was believing to go to heaven. That wasn't some guy that was, well, I hope I'm going. That was a guy getting on the bus going, I am so glad I'm going to heaven. He was getting on the bus with joy. He died with joy because of the word. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. We value your word. Lord, we know you're a God that sits in heaven. We know there's a, there's a person seated at your right hand in human form, unusual human form. He still has flesh. He still has bone. But his blood purchased our redemption. Your word reveals it. Your word carries the power. And we thank you today, no matter where anyone is in their life, by your word, a rescue can be effected. By your word, a restoration can begin. By your word, hope can be given. By your word, faith can come. By your word, calamity and tragedy can be over with. By your word, 
a brand new start can happen. Thank you, Father. And that it's in you we live and move and have our being. Awesome. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, as we leave tonight, we claim your word. Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh us. Angels have charge of us. So therefore, Father, we declare as we leave today, your protection, your safety in our travel, in the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, in our, in our celebration this week and next of Christmas and a new year dawning, we claim our protection by your word, the angelic host, the power of the name, the power of the spirit. Thank you, Father, working mightily in our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you also for a door of utterance. We'll be with our loved ones, our friends during the weeks. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that with great love, compassion, and mercy in our heart, there will be doors of utterance in which we can boldly speak the gospel and bring the word to people. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, as we leave today, we leave walking in love and faith towards you. We love you so much for you first loved us. Father, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, thanking you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood and anointed by the Holy God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.